three, two, one, roll the Welcome back everybody, I'm Simon Severino, your host, and today we explore with sales strategist and founder of Paul Higgins Mentoring, how you can automate your sales, how to pick the right experts to remove all the hats you wear, and what systems to use to have full work flexibility. Welcome everybody, Paul Higgins. Paul, what are you currently creating? Yeah, well, firstly, thanks for having me on the show and the, that wonderful uh, applause by the audience. That was very special. So uh, what I'm currently doing is running a program called the Accelerate Sales Program, and it's for tech consultants and SaaS owners and SaaS partners to really help them scale their business through sales so they can eventually exit. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. Beautiful. And what are typical roadblocks that they have? Yeah, look, there's sort of three key ones. And, and just to let everyone know that this was me, right? So, you know, we had a tech consultancy that we uh, built, scaled, and then exited in 2019. So I'm really talking about my own pain points, which I find is very similar to the people that I mentor. So the first one is it was really hard to be seen. So, you know, there's uh, social media is fantastic, but how do you really get seen amongst all the noise? Because if you're, a, you know, you're a particular SaaS platform, you know, I forget now, but the figure of what, 300,000 MarTech uh, products out there. So how do you get above all the noise? So I think that's one. The second was that you're sort of stuck in sales and you're the only person selling. So if you take a week off or heaven forbid, you might take, you know, two weeks off, you know that your sales will drop because of that, because it's all in your head. The system is you and you're the only person that can close for your business. And then the third key element is, is I, you know, it's sort of one to one sales, you know, so it, it means that you have to you know, typically spend a lot of money on marketing to get a lot of clients where we take a slightly different strategy, which is more strategic referral partners. So you sell to someone once and then they provide multiple clients to you. So they're sort of the three key things that I myself experience, but I also see a lot of other uh, owners uh, struggle with. Beautiful. Yeah. Tell us more. So the last part, especially, how can you create referral partnerships that bring multiple uh relationships that fit yeah well i'll give one example i'll mention his first name dom and dom was uh selling a a, a finance software so think of it it's a i forget the exact term i think it's called a cpm but it's it's basically a management reporting system that sits across uh google sheets or excel and it effectively behaves as a SaaS and you know, he was getting some good deals from his or good leads from his vendor, but it wasn't enough. And most of them were getting that weren't the ideal client fit for him. So we said, look, who do you really want to go after? And he sort of spoke about, you know, SMB, uh, sorry, SME mid markets. And I said, well, you do know that a lot of those are funded through private equity, right? And, you know, if someone goes in, buys it, they want to sell it in three years time. So that's what we did. We went, we had a hypothesis that that would be a great path in. We went and interviewed some private equity firms, understood what their struggles were, understood what the company struggles were, 
and you know we obviously knew ours which is we're just spending way too much time on uh, individual deals and uh yeah that's and what eventuated out of that was doing a webinar to 50 clients uh, at once i 50 companies that the private equity uh, could organize rather than going to each individual client and he closed five deals you know uh, worth almost a million dollars out of that one strategy so you know that's a, a great example i think where you can leverage uh, strategic partners and often people say well i don't know how to find them and, and we've got a, a a way that helps you find them helps you engage with them and most importantly helps make it a long-term relationship how did you get the 50 pe people to agree to a win-win-win event? Yeah, well, uh, we sold hard. So what we did was uh, went to the, the private equity firm and said, this is our hypothesis, would it work for you? And they said, yes. I said, look, can you refer us to three companies that we can go in, effectively pitch to them and see if the solution meets their needs? And, and obviously we did you know, uh, a diagnosis first of what their key problems were and got all that right. And, and they said, look, this is brilliant. This is exactly what we need. So then we got them to help uh, to effectively promote to the other you know, 47. And uh, we used them as examples. So it wasn't us selling, it was their own people selling to them and uh, pitching to them to get on the webinar. And uh, that worked really well because, you know, my background's corporate. I spent 18 years at Coca-Cola, and as I used to always say to people, the sale is never on the pitch, right? The sale is always before the pitch. And, uh, you know, that's what we did, and we uh, did that very well. Beautiful. So how long is your program, and who qualifies for it? Who doesn't qualify? Yeah, look, uh, nine months is the typical time, and there's a three-month minimum. So, you know, I always want to get people the investment back within the first three months. And then the rest of it is, you know, building that asset for them. But uh, nine months and the people that really qualify are people that have, tip, uh, not always, but typically have left a, a corporate or left a job. They've now started their own business. You know, they're sort of hitting you know, maybe a half a million to a million run rate. And like I said before, those three key problems start to really impact them. And it impacts them financially because they promised they'd you know draw more and you know be more supportive at home and that hasn't happened and the other thing is that lifestyle that they've sort of you know they become so married to the business that they can't seem to to break away from it and uh, you know most not all because you know most want to exit so they do want to pull themselves out and build a sales system that is not relying upon them but some people also want to bring someone in to run the business as well. So um, they're, they're the people that I love to work with. How did you build up your own sales, sales system? And at which point could you get out of your own sales system? Yeah, well, as they say, there's always a silver lining in uh, every cloud. And for me, it was the fact that I've got an inherited condition called polycystic kidney disease, and it leads to kidney failure. So uh, come 2016, I was at a about 15% kidney function. And the easiest way I can relate that is if you uh, don't sleep for two days, that's how I felt every day. And then it just kept, <laughs> kept getting worse than that. And um, I had to learn to sell completely remotely. 
Uh, I, I ended up going on dialysis when my kidneys failed and I had to run a global business where global clients from a dialysis machine, right? And there's a couple of key things that I did. So one is that, you know, we came up with all the different messages you could send. So we've still today have got them all and we give them to our clients where you know, it goes from number one, I think we're about up to 500 now. And I just say to my team for this situation, can you please send them number 500, number 400, number whatever. And I could see my sales sale and what message had been sent. And that was a way for me keeping it. The big one was my team. So 66% of sales is admin so i did have two people helping me one on my linkedin effectively doing everything and the other one in my email inbox which was linked to my sales crm doing everything so that was the other really important thing and then the other thing was video right so when i was home i'd record all these videos and then when i was effectively on dialysis i couldn't do a video then i didn't think it was very appropriate so i'd just have automation which would effectively send those videos for each of those uh, scenarios so there were really three key ways that we built a sales system that i could then get me out of it more and also uh, you know protect my health and um yeah 2019 i was lucky enough to get a transplant 66 percent are admin in sales this is something that most people don't talk about that even when you are doing sales you are doing a lot of things that are not even sales. You are doing admin. So how do you organize that effectively? Yeah, and, and you know, at Coca-Cola, we used to say 50%, right? And I was very lucky to know we, we were um, well advanced, I think is probably the right word when it came to sales. So we, you know, we're first to adapt, adopt sales, uh, CRMs. Uh, so that, you know, we're very early adopters on that. And the other thing is that we did have teams that supported the salespeople. So the salespeople didn't do the admin, they did the selling. And then they had teams uh, somewhere in a contact center so they could phone in when it first began. But obviously as technology got on and chat got better and other forms of communication that happened. So I sort of, you know, I, I learned that at the Coke Company. And then, you know, that's what I um, then went and... Uh, applied in um, in my business and help other people apply it. So I think that is uh, really port important that, um, and I actually had Tiffany Bova from uh, Salesforce on the podcast, one of my podcasts recently. I can't remember the exact number, but if you go in and search uh, Salesforce or Tiffany with an uh, I, not a Y, you'll, you'll uh, come across it. And she was the one that uh, quoted 66%. We had eight hours per week of just collecting information into our CRM. So basically we would have somebody who's interested and they opt in and then my team would go as, oh, uh, what is their LinkedIn handle? 10 minutes of going there, copy slash and copy, bringing it back. And now we have found a CRM which uses AI and does, does all that data entry yeah. for us. So we just won eight hours per week. Uh, as a team, which is which is amazing. That's amazing, yeah. And Simon, can I just give one little uh, plug to a, a, a software? Sure. Yeah, sorry, I've sort of forced you into the yes question. <laughs> it was a leading question, not one of my best open questions. But there's a, a platform called leadjet.io. And what it does is effectively scrapes directly from LinkedIn into your sales CRM and also synchronizes all the messages. 
So, you know, even though it was my team that was, you know, mainly handling all of my LinkedIn, it still took them so much time to copy and paste. And like you said, to to get all the details in, there was double handling. So, you know, leadjet.io was just one example of how you can uh, take away that with, with the uh, technology side. But the other is if I get my iPhone, effectively I've got a, an app called Voxer, which is, you know, freely available. There's a free and a premium. And, uh, you know, I might be, you know, something that, yes, I could do, but should I do it as the business owner? No, I'll just quickly vox it in my team. I've got a team in um, Colombia and I've also got team in the Philippines and also in Australia. And depends on the time of day or the 24-hour clock, they can effectively do things. So all I've got to do is talk into my phone. And like I said, I'll just say, hey, send this message to this person they go in, all the messages there, it's already set up. We use Airtable to keep all of that information and then bang, away it goes. So that's just, now ultimately speed is the most important thing, right? We all get 24-7 and I know you're a sprinter. So, you know, when you've really got to turn that speed on, that's when, um, you know, having the right technology and the right um, help uh, as in people can really uh, make it easy for you and get rid of that 66% of admin. I want to hear so much more about your sales systems. But first, I have to ask you about the Strategy Award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you like the tools, go grab them for free at strategysprints.com tools. When everybody's zigging, this person is zagging. But from your perspective, they are doing the right thing. Who do you pick? So a, a gentleman called James Shramko, and he's got a business called Superfast Business. And I went to him in 2015 and said, you know, look, this is my health. This is what I want to do. I want to travel Europe for eight, eight uh, weeks with my family. How should I change my business model? I was running and outsourcing my own outsourcing VA business at the time. So effectively, he helped me restructure to what ended up being on a successful exit and now, you know, really uh, helping uh, tech consultants and SaaS partners. So he's the guy that I'd love to nominate. Beautiful. And what are three books or podcasts that inspire you? Yeah, so uh, the first is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The second is, and I'll read this because I always get it the wrong way around, but it's uh, Fire... Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael um, Masterson. And the last one is ebook, which, um, you know, has been around for a long time, Michael Gerber. Uh, but, you know, those are the three that I highly recommend. And what, what did you take away from uh, Ready, Fire, Aim? Yeah, I think, you know, to the first million, you've got to sell yourself. Right? The owner of the business has to sell. But as I've demonstrated tonight, that doesn't mean technically it's you right so yes you've got to close the calls up to the first mill but you know if you can get the technology and the people to support you you can be a lot broader and a lot wider than uh than you uh, think you can you know your you know eight or ten hours a day can turn into 24 if you get the right structure cool and so tell us about your current projects and what are you excited about right now yeah, so as I said, the Accelerate Sales Program, uh, it really helps people to build that sales system so that they can scale and then 
exit. And there's really three key components. So the first one is connect. So relationships, I believe, are still everything. So how do you get seen in that crowded world, which, you know, we're all in and I spoke about it. So, you know, we really help people, particularly on LinkedIn, and we help people get seen. And when I say seen is I've had 3 million views in the last two years to my post, which has flooded me with clients and we do the same thing for others. Uh, the second one is convert, which is how do you actually reduce that time? So you've built these relationships, let's say 3% are ready to buy now, you're nurturing them, but ultimately when it comes to closing the sale, i.e. helping people, how do you do that in the most efficient way? And I've sort of talked about that with the technology and also the people. And then the third one is what we started with, which is collaborate, and that's collaborating with strategic partners. So you do have, you know, let's say three partners a year that are bringing you consistent leads, you know, which might put half your budget, might even put know, 80% of your budget locked in on a consistent basis rather than, you know, doing paid ads and trying all these other marketing tactics, which may work, but there's high risk and there's a high marketing spend, whereas strategic partnerships, you know, there's less risk and uh, a lot less, less spend. Absolutely. And uh, how do you help people set up these strategic partnerships? Yeah, so the, the the way that I work with people is privately, so it's one-on-one, -on -one, and we work in a weekly cadence, so it's a weekly hour, hourly call, and then what we do is have all the frameworks. So I've got a list, I think the number's about 71 at the moment, frameworks, so when someone comes in and says, okay, so firstly, how do I pick the right partner, I'll go, okay, this is this framework that you go and pick. Then how do I go and have a strategic conversation with them? I'm like, okay, it's this framework that you do that. And then they say, well, what do I send them? What messages? I go, okay, well, that's where we've got all of these messages. And as I said, we use Airtable. And the reason we use Airtable is I think it's a fantastic tool to keep all your knowledge. But the great thing is if you, Simon, became a client of mine tomorrow, I can go and just grab these frameworks and I can just download it as a CSV and upload it straight into your free Airtable account so you're ready to go straight away. So think of it as like a business in a box. And then the most important thing is I've got a team that then supports your team to get it done because we're all busy, right? And the last thing you want to do is have, you know, a coach talk to you and say, hey, here's a laundry list of what all the things you've got to do on top of what you already got. No, what we do is is act like a steering committee where we say, okay, this is strategically where we want to go, the right ideal client, you know, the right target market, etc. Well, okay, then your team can go and implement those with the support and training of my team. So that's how we love to work. Sounds cool. And how do you train your team? How do you qualify them? Is this is this a long uh, process, a, a structured process? Yeah, well, first, I'm very lucky to have uh, long-term team members. And you, you got to think, when I was back at Coca-Cola, right, I, I don't know how many people, it would be thousands of people I've um, employed over the years. And I used to run teams of, you know, 200 plus. And Coca-Cola were brilliant at developing their people and their systems. So I was very fortunate to bring a lot of those systems across. And then 10 years of running my own business, which included a VA business where we were, you know, both matching clients with uh, virtual assistance, you know, I've just got very good at that. 
but we've documented it all. And then we have very specific training. So for example, Simon, if you said, I want a VA to do my, and a virtual assistant for anyone that doesn't know that, um, I want them to do my LinkedIn tomorrow. I'm like, okay, great. Well, here, click into your Airtable. Here's all the things that they can do for you. Here's all the SOPs that they should be doing. And here's all the videos. So it effectively gives you, this is exactly what they should do. And then my team will shadow them to do that. And what I've done now is if a new team member comes on board, it's the exact same thing, right? They've basically got their job in front of them, not, not a job description or a plan that sits in a Google Doc that no one ever really pays attention to. You know, it's all there and, and easy for them. Because I've always been a big believer, which the code company taught me, is the easier you make someone's job, the more successful they're going to be. Definitely. And uh, what... What have you recently changed your mind about? Yeah, well, look, I think the biggest one was uh, we did go down a bit of a path of automated tools in maybe some of the wrong places. So, you know, we were doing some automation on, on LinkedIn. So I hope no one from LinkedIn's listening. And in particular, we're using some automation for doing posting and, and, uh, and uh, you know, we sort of stepped back, we looked at the results and we, we thought, you know, look, there's high risk here. Like if I lose my 16,000 followers on LinkedIn, I don't have all of them on my email list or not the people that I'd love to have at the moment. I'm like, this is a serious risk. So if I do get flagged and I get caught, you know, I just don't want to run that risk. So we effectively ripped the Band-Aid and we just went all um, manual. And when I say manual, we're still using technology for first connections in some areas, but we're certainly playing within the rules of LinkedIn. Uh, I sleep better at night knowing my count safe. But the other thing is that we've, the way that we've done it is we're probably getting better results than what we were when we we're using automation. What are even the rules of LinkedIn for people listening and go, what, what, what rules, what rules? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, one of the, the, um, the key rules is that you're not allowed to use any cloud Chrome, uh, sorry, any Chrome extensions. So example, I won't mention the brand, but there's somewhere you can have automatic likes in 20 second increments and automatic comments, right? So LinkedIn's got an algorithm. It's effectively, you know, a certain amount of likes and comments in the first hour. And those tools were doing that. But that is a breach of the terms and conditions of LinkedIn. So, you know, that's, um, yeah, that's one example of some of the rules. And the other one is now there's a hundred limit that you can send connection requests each um, each week where it used to be i think oh, i was more than that i can't remember the exact number but there are ways to get around that but that's another rule where that's trying to slow down some of the automation tools oh and how how can somebody go around that yeah well look um part part of it is um there's a couple of quick uh, things. One is if you're a LinkedIn premium, you can actually have your account, which is open, right? There's two things you can have. You can have the badge as a mark. And the other one is you can have, be open. So you can actually reach out to people that have got that. And that doesn't, isn't considered as an outbound connection request for LinkedIn. So that's one. The other is LinkedIn groups. So if you're a second connection in a LinkedIn group, right? You can actually send them a connection request and that once again doesn't hit the limit. So they're two immediate things you can do to, um, you know, still be respectful 
to people and not spam people, obviously, but you can send more than the 100 a week. Ah, I have to tell my team because they always <laughs> complain that they, they, get, they get to the limit quick. And so <laughs> I will tell them these things. And um, what are you excited about this week? What's, what's your plan for this week? Yeah, so this week I'm doing some research on SaaS partners. So, you know, I was in a particular, uh, uh, we had a particular vendor, or we had two key vendors, right? But not every partner's the same. So at the moment I'm researching different platforms, whether it be HubSpot, Salesforce, Microsoft, and just really understanding the nuance of those platforms. And I'm also working or researching some of the um, PRMs, I think they're called, partnership relationship management platforms and really getting their key take on what they're seeing on the development of in particular the uh, SAS partner programs powerful where do you hang out where can people find you and get more of you yeah well they can definitely go to paulhigginsmentoring.com i've got a pulse check there where there's nine critical questions you can answer to see if you've got the right sales system in place to scale so you can go there and also obviously linkedin so uh, once again it's paul higgins mentoring is my handle on linkedin and i post regularly three times a week and i'd love for you to come and follow and enjoy my content there who should be my next guest yeah so i want to call out ben lau so l o h so he's a fantastic guy based in singapore and um, he's got a very specific niche, which is around life insurance people. But the way that he um, goes to market, I think would be very interesting for your, your uh, audience. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Paul Higgins, for being here. And please come back soon. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Simon. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.